1: from everybody else my default, it has a little secret sauce to it man <laughs> i never get too high never get too low but just keep moving the, the whole story is carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in in high school welcome
2: to the orange is the new black podcast i'm your host ace joined by my co-host zim zim say what's up
1: hey <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know what the, I, I was like let me switch it up but then i just was like nah i'm just silly Hello, world. How's everybody going? How's everybody doing this evening? Um, thank you guys for rocking with us. This is the Orange is the New Black podcast, and we are here to give you some camp stuff. Ace, hey, so what are we talking about today?
2: Man, we got to get into it. Initially, we haven't we haven't had a show in a while. Thank you guys for supporting Zim, for, and thank you, Zim, for holding it down while I was on vacay. We've talked about some training camp stuff, but now that we're really into the thick of things before this preseason game against the Buccaneers... Let's talk about who's on the bubble. Like so, for me, I think one of the players that's on the bubble is a guest, a former guest of the show, Rennell Wren For me, is a guy I feel like is on the bubble for this roster. Uh, if I had to think of some other players, I would probably say my other guy, Jacquez Patrick. I think he's on the bubble. Trevion Williams, but I don't want to give um, too many of them away. Who are some of the players that you have like on the bubble for this for this Bengals team?
1: Uh, for me, you uh, hit that on the nail with JaQues Patrick as somebody that I was looking at. Puka Williams is a person right now where I know he's a fan favorite. Um, Puka is not even practicing with the running backs. All of his reps are with the wide receivers. But the last couple of days, he had like some kind of knee or leg injury. So he's been iced up. Um uh who else was I thinking? We we went through you said Fred Johnson is I mean you said No, nah, I didn't say Fred Johnson. I mean, That's a good one too. I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Rennell Ren. Fred Johnson, I feel like is pretty safe as a as a swing tackle just because there isn't that much depth at the tackle position. Xavier Suefilo is a guy that if he doesn't crack the starting lineup, I just can't see them paying that amount of money for a starting. I mean, for a backup uh, guard, I just can't see it, at $4 million per. So, Next. like, th- that might be, like, a cap casualty slash cut. Uh, the other guy that I was thinking about was Marcus Bailey was really, really strong at the beginning of the camp. He he kind of had an injury at some point, but he had flashed throughout Hall of Camp. I don't think he would be a cut, but they might try to figure out something creative to try to hold him on a roster or something like that if he's still sitting out I don't know if he practiced today but I know the last couple ones he didn't Uh, I think I just jumped the gun just talking about Fred Johnson because he was nursing a quad injury but he came back yesterday for the first time so I think that's why I just spluttered that out there's a bunch of defense alignment guys that I think like freedom yeah uh, freedom I'm sorry
2: freedom I don't know know how good it's looking
1: right that's (laughs) on a bubble uh, I'm going to tell you another guy, Trayvon Henderson, uh, with um, with Ricardo Allen getting a lot of reps, him getting high praise. Uh, we saw the last depth chart, and it had, um, it had him on there. I mean, it had him not on there because of Ricardo Allen. And then Phillips was the guy that was now further down on the depth chart in favor of Eli Apple. But he wouldn't be a casualty. He wouldn't get cut because of his special teams. So that's right. Nice you got Brandon
2: Wilson, Kayvon. The safety one is gonna be interesting because they have, like you said, a couple really, of couple of they, safeties out there.
1: They really like Ricardo Allen. They really do. So I, I just think Trayvon Henderson is a guy that always does really good at camp. His the athleticism is there. Um, there's another safety I'm gonna get back to y'all in a couple minutes, though, that I keep on hearing a lot of questions about. He's flashed a couple times, he even had like two picks on one day. Um I'm gonna get back to you on that. Is it the second. Dolphins, dude? He came from the Dolphins, right? I think
2: it's Kavon. That's who I was talking about. I think his his first name is Kavon. Yeah, or something yeah, like Kavon.
1: All right. So yeah, that will be another person like that. Unless he could figure out a way to get involved with special teams or something. I just, I the numbers just don't. I can't see them carrying more than eight. Right. So we we know the we know the, the first four. Right. You know Trey Waynes. You go across and. You know you, you, we go, we, we know our four so. facts.
2: Facts before I move on, I want to get into some of the super chats. We appreciate y'all. Super chats are open if you're watching me or Zim's channel. Um, super chats are available. Want to give a shout out to my man Eric Ryan. Um, I, I think that you just showing us some love. So, who day, bro? I see that you, you put this up, so I'll put that as your super chat real quick. Appreciate the kind of sentiments there. Looks like we got another one where someone's actually asking us a question. My man Drake Berry. He says, how has Larry Ogunjobi looked so far? I know he has just gotten cleared. Zim, did you want to take that one or you want me to answer it?
1: Yeah, right. Larry Ogunjobi was out, came back, uh, rave reviews. Joe Mixon even went out of his way to say, man, he's a monster. He had some really good reps against Michael Jordan. He had two good reps. Um, Some of the drills, like one-on-one, he just – He's just moving different. Like he's giving people. I'm not going to jump out there and say he's he's the new Geno, but right. just think of that role and Larry Ogunjobi's been showing up and flashing when he he was nursing an injury, came back this week, been killing it. And big yeah. getting big reviews from people. Reader looked really good earlier today too. That was another one. I think people people forget about Reader though. Don't, don't you really feel like do. that?
2: Yeah, they forget about Reader.
1: Like he's the highest paid guy on the defense, but you don't really hear too much about Reader. And I don't know if it's just because he's not gonna be sexy, flashy, getting a bunch of sacks. Right. But like he looked, real, he looked like a beast when I saw him earlier today.
2: The other guys that I've kind of forgot about as this is going on on that defensive line that we're gonna talk about. Cam Sample and Joseph Osai, the rookies. Cam Sample, I believe, initially started out, uh, you know, hurt at one point. He was, They were waiting until it was safe for him to come back. He kind of flashed today. I think that he beat Jonah uh, on the left side for a rush. And then Osai has been putting some things together. How do you feel about those two guys coming in as rookies, obviously with us only having 17 sacks last season?
1: They they've got to do something, you know. Like I, it's the thing I've been saying all all season. is like if you don't go get that veteran edge guy to like a guy that's been there before, killing it, you just gotta go. Okay, let let the young boys play. It's getting so late in the game. I'm starting to just. There is one cut down that's coming up, and I. But it was so many guys for them to be had that I just don't see them doing it. And I think that you're going to see, you know, Sample and Osai like absolute like. Think about Osai as, as far as, like, Carl Austin's first healthy year. Like, the expectation should be there. Like, he he should be playing pretty much every third down. He should be looking at 300 snaps or something plus year one, like Osai. And then Sample, you know, I've been saying it all along, too. Think of him as, like, the, uh, the Wallace-Gilberry mode where – Anybody goes down, he's – think of almost like your swing tackle, like on offensive line where we just talking about Fred Johnson. Anybody miss a beat, like that's going to be the guy that's going to – he's going to have to kick inside sometimes. He's going to have to play out of position sometimes. He's just going to be a guy that they're going to call on if they get into a position like they did last year. So those are two guys that they're going to be heavy relying on. I think part of me is just maybe it's fear or something. I was just like, man, we need one more edge guy. And I I can see them maybe still doing it. But it appears as of right now, they're really leaning on them. They're looking good in camp. And so that's really promising, along with our boy Khaled Kareem.
2: Nah, that's facts. I'm with you. I think Osai, I really think that he has a ton of potential and will really fit into that role where they wanted Dunlap. I always bring this up where when he was dropping in the coverage, I think that Osai will fit really well in that area because he can rush and then he can cover as a former linebacker. Um, he gives absolute effort. So like you said, when it comes to Cam Sample, I think he's a guy that they can use on the inside in that Wallace-Gilberry mode, use him inside, outside. Um, and I'm excited to see what they can do there uh, as far as that. Uh, got another super chat here from my man DJ Mister. He asked, appreciate that, bro. Do you guys think Jesse Bates' extension gets done before the season, or do you think we will franchise tag him? Um, so I'll give my me and Zim actually talked about this before the show. Uh, my thoughts are, I don't think after what we heard today that. And this is just me personally. I don't think that the extension is going to get done before this season starts. Originally, I thought it was out until we heard the report that probably possibly came from his agent, um, that the two sides were weren't even close and that they didn't foresee an extension getting done at the beginning of the season. Uh, do I think that they will franchise tag him? I think that they will have no choice but to franchise tag him. But I just hope that they haven't you know, hurt any feelings because this is a guy that, Dave kind of displayed and said, we, we've got tweets and things of that nature saying, you know, number one safety is kind of a mixed message if he's asking for uh, top safety money. And it, and that was the key to me today. He said top safeties. He didn't say top safety. He said right. top safety. Right. Right. And right, that right. is, you know, to not offer him something in the top five, you know, I feel like does not give and send the right message to a guy like that who was second team all, all pro really has showed and and been a lot of dividends and paid his dues on this team. I mean, this is a guy that was in the same draft class as Derwin James. And you could argue at this point, since Derwin James has not been healthy for multiple seasons, he's almost, in a sense, outplayed him and been more consistent and has done that at a lower rate. He wasn't a guy that you paid in the first round. So I'm just hoping that there aren't any hurt feelings on both sides. But I don't think that the extension is going to get done before the season. I do think they'll franchise him. Zim, what are you just your thoughts on the on the Jesse Bates situation going on right now?
1: Now, now just to be clear on this, they don't have to do anything to him this year as far as a franchise tag. When people are talking about franchise tagging, they're talking about next year. Fact. So, like this year, he what does he said they made like two or three million or something like that? Yeah, probably
2: something small like that. I have to look up the actual numbers. So. Third you can year, continue. I'll take a look and see. Yeah, like we third are.
1: year, you know, you know, third season. Uh, he he could play the whole. He could play the whole entire year, and and it wouldn't mean anything. The following year is where they're now saying, uh, they could franchise him. And I was telling Ace this too. It's like on one end, the Bengals are never. They never want to be the highest paid of any position. And 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 I kind of feel them when you talk about like edge corner unique scenario joe burrow you you're, you're gonna have to pay him whatever the heck you know what i'm saying but those are the big big money positions where you, we're talking like now we're talking astronomical numbers like 20 plus a year and up right? right safety is one of the positions though that isn't in the high tier you know like market where I've, i thought that they would say if not top one top three top right. two it's just time and and if you look at the list of the guys coming up it just makes sense to do it now uh the franchise tag will be 13 million right now next year i don't know what that would look like facts he's probably looking for around 16 to 17 million so from a base salary it's not big enough to cause friction you know like that so in
2: All right. I think we're waiting for Zim to get back. I think he's having some technical issues, but I did look up uh, what Jesse Bates' salary is for this year. Um, his cap hit is $2.8 million. Um, so obviously, I think that it's going to be a situation where you got to pay the man. I, I, a lot of people are in here saying that. Um, I have to agree with it. I mean, for me, Jesse Bates is one of the best uh Bengals players they've drafted in a while. You know, this guy was an all-pro. I can't name the last time the Bengals had an all-pro. I almost want to say it may have been possibly Vontez Berfick or something like that. So, you know, this guys paid his dues. I just hope that they make sure that he is paid, but as them said, they don't have to pay him this season now. Looking at the top safeties in the league, Justin Simmons is making 15 million a year. Eddie Jackson is making 14.6 million. And this is on their their average um salary. Tyron Matthew, that's another one. Uh just got Zim back in. So Zim, I was telling them it looks like his his salary for this season is gonna be 2.8 million.
1: Right, which is disrespectful as hell. Right. <laughs> like, but you know, it is what it is. Like you, you know, the for just to to walk the fans through this too. For every for every bad situation like this where you say, How in the hell could somebody like Jesse Bates get two point whatever million? I could show you hundreds of guys that got paid on their first, you know, their first four years or whatever, you know, coming out of college that didn't deserve it. You know, like so this is the this is the other side of it of what happens is generally going into this year, guys just get the deal done. So just just for me to finalize my thought is that they're not that far off like. You know, even if we're talking franchise tag, clearly the Bengals still want them. Clearly the Bengals still use them in a lot of advertisement campaigns. They just did a special one them not too long ago on their website. It's not like they don't want them. I just right. think that the, the money has something to do with the agent. It probably has to do something with guaranteed money. And Jesse Basis, like you alluded to, is saying top safeties, not the number one. And so with that being said, I, I guess they just don't like that number. But for me... Maybe they're waiting for Jamal Adams' deal to get done. Maybe not. But Bengals do have leverage in this regard. He could play this whole entire season. He's got to get through the season healthy, right? We know Jesse Bates isn't going to be like some holdout type guy. He comes out of that season, they might do the same thing that they just did to A.J. Green, which happens very often and the reason why the franchise tag was was created. He still will be paid probably top five. Five. I had to go look at salaries right now, but the franchise tag will probably put them in top five. The 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 cap's gonna raise, so the franchise tag will be higher next year. It would put them top five, but the guaranteed money like long term wouldn't be there. So in in a hypothetical situation, this is why players don't like the tag. You could get hurt that season and enter into free agent the following year and be at the bottom of the barrel. So That's why players want to get the deal done. That's why the Bengals want to do right by their players and get it done. But I guess the guaranteed money is like it's got to be the conflict because it can't be the base salary, not at the safety position. I just can't see that being an issue. Not if you just pay Sam Hubbard.
2: Right, you just pay over 10. 10 million a year average salary. Right. Um, for those that are watching with us on YouTube, we appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to BN Zim's YouTube channel. Mine is New Stripe City, his and Zim Hude. We're also live um, through the Sensi Jungle. Uh, Facebook page, so please be sure to leave us a like there. And then, if you want to hear this in the audio form, definitely be sure to check out the Cincy Jungle podcast on all platforms. We got the OBI, we got Matt Minnick, so please be sure to check those out. Got another super chat here from my man Kevin Jones. So if you're listening at home and you want to ask your questions um, live, you can do that via super chat. So Kevin Jones, um, he says, any chance of getting out in Smith now? Remember Zim's list. I think Adam Smith was on that list, though. He just got cut,
1: though. <laughs> like, <laughs> why they cut him? Yeah, Is we it, need to, we I need to I know what I saw that yesterday that he got cut, so I'm like, I don't know what that's looking like. But for that type of player, that's exactly what I'm saying. A guy that's been there, done it before, I got to think it has to be something with – it can't be the body type because he wouldn't have came in there and they wouldn't have signed him on a felt physical, right? So, right. like, him moving forward, it has to be something attitude-wise or something that they don't like. Lou Anarumu, New York background type of guy, kind of talks that talk. I I just I think it would work for me. I don't know what the situation was, but he's the exact type of guy I'm saying. He might not get the snaps that, he, that he's looking for, like here, with the emergence of Osai, Sample, and Khaled Kareem. But, um, but that backup age type of guy, that is very much needed and somebody proven.
2: Right. Got another tweet from my man Zem Hude from Russ ENC. He says, Whole lot of orange. It's a whole lot of orange from my man
1: Russ. Russ, so- ask me a question though. You can't, <laughs> 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 let, let me reward you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Whole and lot for, of orange. If you if don't, don't know, know yeah. Check it
2: out. You see, Zim. If you're watching on YouTube right now, or if you're listening at home, ZimHude.com. The most fire mercy just dropped the black joints. He got the white ones, the black ones. It's a whole lot of orange. Um, if you're into the Migos teas, as you guys see in the background, um, NewStripeCity.com. Please be sure to check both of those out. But let's get into the meat of the potatoes, bro. Oh,
1: they say Alden Smith got arrested again. That's why. Oh Uh-oh. yeah. Nah, it's a no go yeah. for us. It's a no go. They
2: on that character now. All right. But- that's let's a no talk go. about. That's a no let's,
1: go for me. <laughs> that boy had plenty of chances.
2: <laughs> let's talk about the trending topic, the the biggest overreaction of the week, in my opinion. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase struggling, and then clearly like reversing that narrative. So I just want to get your opinion because everybody been waiting to hear what you got to say about this. What are just your?
1: What was just your oh, response and take to it? Yeah. Why do you think that? Why? Because I'm the captain of the team Chase? Like, yeah, like, you the girl, baby leader.
2: You the team Chase. I know we we all want to know what you was right. thinking. Really?
1: All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> I think Ace is just going to hear what I, Ace is trying to get me hyped up, y'all. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, like me and Ace, we talk a lot off camera. I think it helps sure. us with our cohesion, maybe, because we don't really have a script, as we tell you. We just go in. Um, but I think let's start with Jamar Chase coming out of college. Yeah, he can get the deep ball. Yeah, he can make plays downfield. Yeah, he's you know, he can run routes at, at, a, at a pro level within a pro style offense, which he proved in college. Does he have the skill set of a Tyreek Hill coming out of college? No. Does he have the skill set or the long ball of shoot? I say Rashard Bateman maybe might mirror him like as far as long ball even though Rashard Bateman's hurt right now. Sorry about that, Ravens. But right. but, but, but what I'm saying is that one of the things that, that made me love Jamar Chase so much and love his tape so much is because he does so much really, really well. He got a lot of comparisons to Steve Smith because, as you saw Steve Smith, like early in his career and later in his career, you could throw him a bubble screen, yards after the catch, lower body strength. Those are the things that are going to make Jamar Chase like pop. I think in, in a lot of practices they show him catching bubble screens and little screens and little uh little option routes and different things like that. Those are the things that as Bengals fans, that he's gonna be a little bit different than a prototypical big time wide receiver, like a AJ Green level type. The AJ Green off the break, Mike Williams, remember coming out of college, like T. Higgins, it's like, you know, big play, you know, whatever. Jamar Chase has an amazing skill set where his uh, athleticism takes over and his yards after the catch, I think might be – I would need to see the over-under uh, for that because I just think okay. he's a tough guy to bring down. And from that, in space, with this, with this trio and Audentate, it's just hard to double up. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities at the ball in space, and he's going to make plays happen. He never was a big separation guy is the point that I was trying to get. It's like he's not the greatest route runner. He even said, he said, Tyler Boyd's teaching me different things on how to work on my burst, how to do different things in and out of breaks. And there's different things that I pointed to you. I think we were doing a show where I was saying, like, there's some things that I could tell at the top of this route. He's He made it easy for a woozy early in the camp. Right. So those are the things that he's got to work on. The more and more he gets comfortable, like T. Higgins, what, didn't start balling to like, week three. He didn't even play week one, I don't think. Right. But, some guys make that jump really quick, some guys take some a little bit of time. The one thing that I remember about Amari Cooper, and everybody's like crowning them as the number one wide receiver trio or whatever is Amari Cooper a lot of the his camp stuff reminds me of Jamar Chase. To this day, Amari Cooper it leads the league and, and he's at the top behind Deontay Johnson. Um, in drops. And Amari Cooper in camp early on was thought to be a bust. People probably don't remember because it's what four. I mean, it's like seven years later, but he's one of them guys that he kind of has that body type, doesn't have this extreme over the top type of thing. And he wasn't an amazing route runner coming out. Those are the things that you're kind of projecting. But early on, I think Jamar Chase's game is athleticism. I want to hear your thoughts on why you think maybe Jamar Chase got kind of scrutinized like that, because I do see some stuff where he does separate. But it's not at an elite level of separation early on. That's not that's not his game. And I then think, at, after that, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about Joe Burrow like moving forward? Because he had some demons that I feel like he got rid of and he and he was very, you know, very, very, very aggressive in the way. He, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. How nah. he said he got. Rid of. I
2: think I think for Jamar Chase, I think there was a little bit of an overreaction because you know, we talked about it all last year. The wide receivers couldn't separate and they weren't getting separation and stuff like that. And I think that. You know, they try to take that narrative and and just say that, you know, with just Jamar Chase, we're going to get that separation now. And as you've always pointed out, Zim, like one of the things that Jamar Chase is amazing at is contested catches, right? You can't have a contested catch with having a whole bunch of separation. And I think that he is a player that has proven that he can get separation in in different instances, but it's not something that is every play. And I I think that that's mostly because he's a complete receiver, right? You can use Chase in so many different ways that – you know, he can catch a screen and maybe his separation is going to be throwing that small corner off of him because he's not big enough to handle him. And so I think that that was really being something that was kind of overblown. And you also have to think about the fact he hasn't played since 2019. He's learning a pro offense. He's getting more established with Joe. It's a new and different speed. We hear about this all the time from different players that are rookies. What is the first thing that you had to get used to? I think back to Tyler Poy. He said the speed. What was the first thing that you had to get used to that was the difference between college and the NFL? T. Higgins, the speed. So he's got to be able to get used to that. So give him the time to do that, right? Like, so, yeah, he might be draped in coverage because he might not know what route he's supposed to run or he might not know what they expect from the corner. He's got to be able to read that and implement some of the new stuff that he's learning. And I think once he gets that mentally, once the light comes on, he will be perfectly just fine. So I think it was just an overreaction to Jamar Chase and I don't think that, you know, if that was the case, he's not third on the depth chart. He's starting, you know, day one. We we're not seeing Audent Tate is killing it at Kemp, but you still see that Jamar Chase is number one. So they clearly believe in Chase. And with the Joe Burrow thing, I felt like that was kind of ridiculous too, because it was very early in camp. And this guy is coming off of you know a major knee injury from last season. Obviously, he's got to get in a rhythm. Obviously, he's got to knock the rust off and get back in shape. And You know, I don't think that they really gave him the time to do that. You know, we all knew that there was mental hurdles and stuff like that, but we felt like, you know, he's mentally strong enough. Yeah, he's going to go through that, but he'll eventually get over it. We're not expecting him to get over it from the very beginning of camp and to just be on point. I think back to when we were talking to TJ Husmozada and right after Joe Burrow won the championship – he took two weeks off and he met with TJ and they were throwing and TJ was like, man, I don't know if he's looking like, you know, the number one pick in the draft. Right. And then after a few practices, he was like a ball didn't hit the ground. And I think that's what we saw with Joe Burrow. He came out and said what was on his mind. And then it was straight fire after that. I think him just admitting it to the media kind of lit a torch up under him to kind of get everything going. And like he said on NFL network, that's not happening anymore. We torching the defense now. So it's going to be a whole lot of Orange. It's going to be a whole lot of Burrow babies and a whole lot of points getting put on the scoreboard. And, you know, let's let's stop it with the clickbait false narratives because that's all it is, is I feel like it's for clicks. And we'll see what he's really made of when he steps out there on the field. And I'm, I'm for sure that um, him and Joe Burrow will be plenty of ready once that day comes.
1: I agree. I mean, I, I think early on, I think it was kind of crazy though that you know all those reports came out, right? And then don't you feel like immediately Jamar and Burrow, Damn,
2: both of them they, they both like <laughs> came right.
1: out, and then and then we see NFL network comes out there to camp. I think I posted it where Joe Burrow's like the first person, like he's like, Yeah, the, I mean, uh uh James Jones says, Asked him, he said, Hey, the defense been kind of been getting at you guys a little bit. And Joe Burrow said, Yeah, that was early on. Ask him about like right now or something like that, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to misquote him, but he's like, yeah. But ask him what's going on right now, and right. I was just like, man, like, y'all ever talk to somebody that's not a Bengals fan about Joe Burrow? Like, they oh, don't I'm get, to... they don't get it, bro. They don't get they it, don't and it's like, it. it's like the craziest thing. Like, even me t- doing the thing, I kind of had to humble myself when we were talking to PFF and stuff. You right. know, I play around. I'm like, yeah, you, you know, a whole lot of orange and stuff, but they don't get it. Like, it's a fire and it's a tenacity and it's a charisma that Joe Burrow has. And I think it was so great. And these are learning lessons, too. He's telling you, like, hey, look, I'm not perfect. I came in. Yeah, it was some mental stuff I had to get past. The pocket was looking muddy to me. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I'm human. But I came back out Then I lit them boys up. And now I got my mojo back. And then, then, like I said, Jamar came out and he was killing them. And all the people... All the guys around him, even Audite, say, Man, listen, like dude been picking up the offense doing really good. I saw somebody in the comments say, like, maybe he won't start or something like that. Like, listen, <laughs> he has to. <laughs> like, that's not even a question. Like, he's gonna go crazy. Like that. I can see, I think I predicted this. Maybe he didn't have a crazy game, but I predict I predict the touchdown from Jamar Chase week one, just on the strength of breaking a tackle. And just going to the house like I could just see that it might be 60, 70 yards for the whole entire game, four catches or something. But he might just break that one and he's going to put the whole league on notice. And what it's going to do is set up T for like these one on one things. It's going to set up like so much stuff. I think I I went I was doing film like a year or two ago. It was two years ago. And I was just showing people like the alignment of Pittsburgh when they play us. It was like everything shaded to A.J. Green. No speed on the other side. Like, it was it was ridiculous. And he still was getting off. He was still coming out, you know, like 90 yards, 100 yards. But, you know, like now teams just can't do that. And I just think that Jamar Chase is going to reap the benefits of it. And Joe is Joe's going to have some times where he's going to be down and up throughout the year. And I, I encourage you to let people know, like, this is this is not a sprint. As, as much as I say I'm going to go 100 miles per hour and I come on in and I talk all like – this is yeah, I go like that every day. But sometimes you gotta put things into perspective. He is going to go up against some really good defenses. He might have some really really bad games that we'd be right. like, "Damn, he looked rough." I mean, that's how all these guys are. Russell Wilson. Look at Tom Brady before they even went on their Super Bowl run last year. He looked kind really Murray, bad. People were, of, People were talking about benching him. People were talking about Tom Brady. Like the system isn't right for him. All these different things catches fire. Get into a rhythm.
2: Next thing you know, he got what forty touchdowns at the
1: end of the season. <laughs> I like, about they were dogging Tom Brady. Cooper they were them. That and that was the one thing I was telling Ace. Uh, I said, "Man, this year I'm going to try to. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be hype. You know, it's a whole lot of orange, but I got to kind of like bring it down sometimes. And these gut reactions, I understand. Like Cincinnati natives is like, it's like when something goes bad, it's really, really bad. But I just think long term, he's just gonna go crazy, and it's just like. Just stay the course. We, we're we're going to be all right. The key is just to keep them healthy.
2: Facts, facts. we got another super chat from my man. Appreciate y'all with the super chats today. Drake Berry. How have Chris Evans, Trey Hill, and uh, Deontay Smith look? And do you see Tyler Shelvin being just being a big body that won't get after the quarterback but will clog the holes? I'm going to say we, we've we seen that. Our man Chris Evans has looked really good, especially catching the ball and then pass protection. Trey Hill, I think right now, is just kind of getting some snaps as a backup or as a reserve because Trey Hopkins is, isn't full go, so I'm sure we'll see a lot of him uh, in Saturday's matchup. And Dante Smith has been killing it from what we've heard, uh, apparently from what the coaching staff has said, so it seems that he's in a great place. And Tyler Shelvin, me personally, after I did the cut the tape on, on him, I think he is a nose tackle that can really clog holes, but I think he's got a, a a gear that he can get to if he gets the right coaching where he can make plays in the backfield.
1: My favorite group on this team, contrary to belief, well, my favorite group is the Migos. All right, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. <laughs> but my second group is the defensive line. Like Reader, you know what I'm saying? Ogan Joby, Shelvin. Yeah. Mike Daniels, them four, them that rotation right there. there there's man, not too weird. many NFL teams that could say that, like, they really can't. If them do stay healthy too, like, I really, really like it. But to go into what he's saying, Trey Hill, because he is a recent draft pick, you got to think they'll figure out a way to get him on a practice squad or something like that. Or, like, right. a says, like, he might show out, do really, really well, and battle, he'd be battling up against uh, um, Billy, Billy, Billy Price uh deontay smith has looked really good he's done everything that they asked him to do from camp perspective the one good thing about him coming out of college there was only about four guys dylan Raddins was one of them leatherwood was one deontay hill met this 71 inch reach thing that everybody was like really really caught up on from a tackle position the one thing about him the reason why he went lower is one, he went to ecu which is you know isn't playing the top top sec competition right But the other thing is that his body, he was very, very lean. But according to everybody inside the building, he's done everything that they asked him to do, put on the right amount of weight. And right now you're seeing him flourish and flash at camp and do I've had people just security tell me that, man, what a nice guy. So like he's he's had an impact on a lot of different people there. And so Deontay uh, Smith is a guy that's going to do really, really well. And He's supposed to be on our show any day now. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to put that out there if you're listening, sir. Come on on. Come on on here to Orange New Black. We got
2: another super chat that I wanted to put up on the screen. The comment is going crazy right now, so we appreciate y'all. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We truly appreciate that. It's from uh, my man, John Wick. He says, what up, Ace and Zim? Whole lot of orange. Yes, sir. Why are the Browns fans delusional? Also, Burrow coming for the division this year. I'm going to let you answer that, bro. I've been dealing with Browns fans all day. <laughs> They've been in my mentions all day. Because I'm going to tell you what, what I said, right? So we did the season predictions over there in terms of this. Now, don't I said that the Bengals are going to finish third in the division. I got us going eight, eight, and one. Right, I got the Steelers going six and eleven. I really think that they haven't um, put enough in place to transition from Ben. They're not a Super Bowl contender. So what are they doing? They have a bad offensive line. That's neither here nor there. They have a hard schedule too. Right? People think that we just only watch the Bengals and we're just haters and stuff like that. I had the Browns going ten to seven, and I had the Browns going ten to seven because I looked at their schedule, and I really looked at the better quarterbacks. In the better offenses, the Cardinals of the world, the Green Bay Packers. It, and I said that they would go 10 and seven, and they jumped on me because they were like, oh, you're just, we're going to sweep you. And I'm like, 10 are and seven is not good. Do you consider them in the same mode of the Chiefs, Bills? Because I don't is not good. It. They think it's not good. They were like, oh, we went 11 and five last year. So how are we going to go 10 and seven? So you, I remember, don't, you remember that ether
1: I gave you about their 5 I played five. it. I played it and they got upset. <laughs> they got upset. <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I the facts are they got nine, probably nine guys, br- nine brand new starters. Nine brand on the new team. guys. They right. were out. better
2: on defense, but they still like like that clip said. They still have to get chemistry.
1: Right, and they out of any, every metric that is, that is out there will say that it's probably the worst eleven and five team of all time. And that's not me picking on them at all. They just didn't outscore. Like, if you look at their points against and points for, like, they didn't even score more than their opponents. You know what I'm saying? But they they credited them. They ended up 11 and 5. They had a way better season than us. I think they right. have a way better, ult- not a way better, but they have a better roster ultimately than us. But they right. have a lot of interchangeable pieces. Me Me saying that they should go 10 and 7. I mean, shoot, that like one thing don't go right on their team. Like, I just don't see it. Their their skill positions are not where they need to be to be making a Super Bowl run. And and, and the window exactly. is so small. Because then once you go to pay Baker Mayfield, it's like, what do you do then? You better hit on some draft picks. They didn't do anything to go crazy on the on what I thought was their biggest deficiency, the wide receiver room. Like OBJ coming off of an ACL is not the answer. Like, not to like, not, not,
2: not he still doesn't have any chemistry with Baker Mayfield. What is this? This is like the third offseason in a row that him and Baker Mayfield have not played with each other. You know, coming in, these are the losses that I have for them. The Chiefs, they're going to split with us, they're going to split with the Ravens, the Packers, um, the Cardinals. I, I don't know if I said the Chiefs already, the Chargers. And the Patriots, the Patriots, at first I had them at 11 and 6, but then they're going to Foxborough to play Bill. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's still Bill Belichick at the end of the day. I didn't think that that was crazy. I had them beating like all of the other. I had them beating us. I had them sweeping the Steelers. So, yeah, it's just kind
1: of wild. They are are wilding out this season. I mean, shoot. The difference is to me is like say we had a season like that this year, right? Say we go Mm -hmm. 11 and 5 or something crazy like that. I would be out here saying we're gonna go 14 and 3 next year, like or 14 and 2. Like nah. I, I wouldn't be saying that, but I'd definitely mm-hmm. be thinking Super Bowl. So maybe yeah. that maybe that's what they're feeling. Like I it, it'd be hard for me to say 14 any team win 14 games, and I that's just kind of wild. Any, any team win 13, 14, fits like anywhere near that to me are some of the greatest teams in fo- like in football history for real. So like for no, you to the be the other thing that I was gonna say is this.
2: I don't want to take away from them, but they beat the Steelers, right? We beat the Steelers with Ryan Finley. Hey, they beat and we, them hey, in the first in, in the first in the first game, and then they get close to the Chiefs, but Pat Mahomes goes out. Like if Pat Mahomes stays in, they go up 27 That's not a that's not a close game,
1: right? So, and, and, and I, don't, I don't want to be a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda, but right. our two games against them. Like who were the you know, we talk about this a lot too. Like, who was out there in the secondary the second time that we played them? Nobody, and that's that's what they bring. I'm like, bro, we had nobody
2: in our secondary, hey, we, had we had our secondary you. or anybody. We didn't have no Joe Just Mason. Give me like give me any we didn't have any, and y'all barely be, y'all beat us on a last minute
1: right. right, mary right? With inches through, like, right, so, but but I'm not gonna play the hook would have could have they won, right. they won the they game, won. so so but. Like like let's just line it up this year. Well um there was a couple of questions that uh hold on. I saw I saw a couple of questions. Appreciate you, Robert. Uh is back lit though. I will Brett, say
2: My man, Gil-Baru. shout out to
1: my yeah, absolutely. Shout out to my man Greg Luther. Greg Luther just posted it, he's watching us live from his living room. So shout out to Greg shout Luther.
2: Shout
1: out to Greg. Dr. Mr. You know, he gave a super chat earlier. I always see him, he's always like super, super supporter. So I had to give him a shout-out too. There was, there was a couple a, of questions that I, I I think I missed, but it, uh, it, Robert it Boyle, good. shout out to you, bro. We hey, like, we appreciate right. the support, man, for sure. Um, What was? Did we have anything? I wanted to talk about Darius Phillips, offensive line. We got to talk about. The <laughs> line. All right, let's talk about the the offensive line. So the my name today is Zimno MJ Hude. A lot of people have been talking about the like MJ plan, and they're saying that he's possibly going to be a starting right guard. This is not some just Zim talking about a guy that I'm not blaming him for getting Joe Burrow hurt. But to say or ignore the fact that he had one of the worst seasons in guard history charted by pro football focus. He had a 40 pass block grade. I think one of the things that I like about MJ is him is him in the run game. But he's super inconsistent in the pass game. And a guy coming off a torn ACL, a guy that just got 75% of the pressures on him were from number 60 right in front of him. Psychologically, I just don't even think that's a good idea for Joe Burrow. Him as a backup, sure. I feel like his body mold, everything about him fits the bill. But that's just not a mistake. I'm sorry. I don't want to rephrase that. That's not something that I want to happen again. Where we're taking a chance on projecting someone to be better, and we're looking at current camp highlights, current camp highlights of him getting abused or not having good reps, right? And then people are like, well, if he let the best man win. Some guys practice really well. I'll I'll just leave it at that. Some guys practice really well. That that was my my thought for that. It looks like uh Spain has the left guard uh spot sold up.
2: Yeah, it looks like Spain has a left guard position sewed up. You know, we're going to have to see what happens in this game and, and how it plays out, because you got Xavier Suofilo there, who also isn't looking as good either. You got Jackson Carmen who hasn't taken a step, still has to get in shape. So hopefully we get some answers, and I think that they've said that a lot. You know, a lot of people are reading into camp, and I think that it's safe to say that Spain is, is safe. But a lot of these battles are really going to get hashed out with these games. They're going to have to see what they can do in games. Like Zim said, a lot of people might practice well, but when them lights come on and things happen, you have to see if they keep that same energy. So we'll have to see how it is. I think one thing that I remember is I think Muhammad Sanu was notoriously known for practicing horrible, but when he would get in the game, he would just turn up. And so I'm hoping – with some of these guys, that that's the case. It is scary though. When, when we all saw Michael Jordan's name starting that right guard, I mean, you know, it was kind of scary. But we'll have to see how it
1: plays out. The same way a guy could get elevated or something like at some, just like if you go to job, like a guy has to get demoted or something like that. Like I, I could see him in an emergency situation, or I could see him as you know, like a good backup for a lot of guys. Like I just think psychologically, it just doesn't. It, it's not good. Like Joe Burrow's human too. Like I don't right. think that he could give him all the ring and endorsements he wants. But I know Joe. I know Joe. <laughs> I think like Joe. I ain't Joe, but I think like Joe. That's not. I, that's not a, a a a a river I want the water to flow down again. How about that? Right, um, right. Uh, and somebody asked about Carmen. They said that the the word is he isn't from a conditioning standpoint. He isn't where they want him to be. Deontay Smith, as we alluded to earlier, is. And Deontay Smith is a guy that's bulked up, put on some more pounds. Still has a long way to go, but he is a guy that's going to get some reps at guard. He's 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 got the proto. He's got the prototypical body for a right tackle or possibly left tackle if, you know, whatever. But he has a prototypical body for a tackle. So that's what, you know, I think they're grooming him to be. But in the time being, here we go. Like, let's go to preseason. Let's see what he's got. That's something different to me. If the guy's playing really well and the lights aren't bright for him and he turns up and he's the best man out of it, I, I, could, I, I feel like that's good. I just think that when the lights cut on, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating and I'm not jumping the gun. I just know what I've seen thus far. I'm not at camp, but I've seen a
0: whole
1: lot of highlights and I've seen a whole lot of trench work. And he ain't been looking sweet. He ain't looking like he ain't looking no better than what I remember him from last year. You also
2: wanted to touch on Darius Phillips as a kick returner or a punt returner? Yeah,
1: yeah. I just, I've been on record as saying that Darius uh, Phillips is probably the best punt returner in the NFL. But because he got injured, I think it was that Bills game where he went crazy. Ever since then, they've needed him from a cornerback perspective. But what happens, the depth chart comes out, and Eli Apple is now, they got him as the fourth corner. So now they had Darius Phillips as the starting punt returner. So I want to see some fireworks from him in um, in uh, preseason. I'm hoping that that's the number one thing I want to see is some punts go to him. Can he handle the football? Does he not bobble anything? Is it clean? If it comes out clean, I'm telling you now, that's going to be a, a a weapon that we can use throughout the whole entire years. Even if they feel like Trent Taylor can give them more efficiency from returning punts, they still will bring Darius Phillips in as, you know, like that Pac-Man role and electrify the place up and get it going. So Darius Phillips is the guy that I'm looking at the hardest in preseason. Because I know what he can do as a corner. I just worry about him holding up a whole entire year with it, with his size. Like, bro, like me standing next to him, I might be bigger. I'm not sure. But from a punt return standpoint, they got him listed number one kick returner. They got him behind Brandon Wilson. So we might see him in that capacity as well. And if y'all haven't seen him or y'all don't remember him from two years ago, he's electric. Uh,
2: another super chat here from my man DJ Mister. Appreciate that, bro. He says, even with all the weapons that you guys think that we – We'll run the ball more this year. And lastly, if we stay healthy enough, can we make the playoffs? So for to answer your first question, I definitely think we're going to be able to run the ball a lot more with Frank Pollack. That's what everybody's sleeping on. You get a lot of people that had Joe Mixon in fantasy last year that are spurned and stuff like that. They're forgetting that he was the leading AFC rusher. Um, you know, last time Frank Pollock was here, he could take his game to a whole nother level. So I completely think that the run game definitely will be a factor. You saw what Samaj Piran could do. He filled in admirably last year. That's why he got that contract extension. And then my man, Chris Evans. And lastly, if we stay healthy enough, can we make the playoffs? I'm going to say, and quote Zim, when you got number nine, there's always a chance. But I'm kind of like Zim said, this is a marathon. I'm waiting until we really had that playoff lane, which – I I really truly think it's next season, but anything is possible. I mean, Carson Wentz just got hurt. If, if, you know, if Baker Mayfield or, Lord forbid, any other – I would never wish that on it. Now, I did make a make a laugh earlier at Bateman. That is not about Bateman. It's just joking. We don't want him to be injured or anything like Great. that. I want so you King out Raven, there, boy. If you're watching this, don't be mad at me. Just Get on good. out here.
1: I need him out there anyway. I don't need no excuses. That's the number one. Thing. I don't want none of y'all excuses. So we definitely want him out. We there. want
2: everybody healthy. But I think if we stay healthy, you know, there's a chance. But I really see that chance being more so next season for us to take that to take that step. Um, there's another Can super chat. Rick,
1: Rick Wagner must be wanting like a bag or a starting gig. And or his rider the-
2: hasn't signed either, right? He went and visited someone else and yeah. still didn't sign. I I
1: I was told when he came to Paul Brown, they were looking at that left knee. And when he left, the same way that they looked at Kerrigan. Right. And it didn't look they didn't see what they wanted to see. that's just what a little birdie told me.
2: They said that James said the offense is looking so good because they're not calling sacks down. Ben Baby pointed that out as well. I mean, we just don't have to see. It's it's practice. At the end of the day, it's practice. I remember a time where I think three or four seasons ago, you know, they were like the Bengals edge rush is looking amazing. The whole time they was practicing against Cedric Obwehi. And when they got in, in real game situations, it wasn't the same. So, I think we just got to see how they do in this game, especially with the Buccaneers. But then before we get out of here, are there any expectations uh, for you from that, that Buck scrimmage that you want to see? Like, what are what are your expectations for it?
1: I don't want to see Joe Burrow play, which they said he wasn't. <laughs> they also, they said that Hopkins won't play. I think Reader's not going to play. They, they have a list that I had pulled up, but I got a little busy just now. But uh, if you guys are in the chat, just go ahead and y'all can list the guys that aren't going to play. But my number one goal is to come out of the game healthy. I really honestly I'm one of the people that over the years I've just I like going to preseason games. It's almost like going to a baseball game. I like the atmosphere. You get to talk to people. It's not as tense, you know, like uh, but I'm not looking for much. I'm just looking at some of those roster battles. I want to see the tight end position. I want to see what are they looking at? Like is that is Moss going to show that in a game? Is he gonna, you know, like do what it takes to be like maybe the guy that we didn't think that he was like? I doubted him, but in camp he's been looking spectacular. Can he do it under the bright lights? That's what we're gonna look for. Um, also, I want to make yeah, I want to see this camp sample or side flash because I think coming out of that preseason game, it's gonna tell him a lot from an offensive line standpoint. I think all eyes are on that guard position that we talked about. So it is what it is, and it's just like. Those guys got to battle it out. Also, Evan McPherson has been probably the camp MVP. Can't I, I want them to uh, purposely put him in a position to go from, like, 50-something. Like, just purposely just do it and just see what the right. kids got. Because I believe in him. I'm not one of them people that's jumped out there and said, well, he's the next Justin Tucker, but he's got a hell of a leg on him. So let's see it.
2: Facts. Uh, well, as you guys know, the good folks at Midwest Best Barbecue definitely hooked us up with some food and stuff like that. We've gotten your feedback that you guys have been down. So please be sure to check them out. Uh, 669 Justice Court in Loveland, Ohio. Stop yes, by there. Tell them that Ace and Zim sent you. Make sure you get some of those Grippo wings uh, for sure. <laughs> but thank you guys for supporting. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Follow Zim on Twitter at Zim Follow me. On Twitter at New Stripe City. Follow him on Instagram at Zim underscore Houday and follow me at New Stripe City. And of course, we'll end it with a yes, Sersky.
1: Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a no little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. You know, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports. In, in, in